Dow Loggins and South Carolina's offense are looking to establish a new identity as far as the running game is concerned. And four-star commit Josiah Thompson is going to help them accomplish that starting this next season. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more right now as new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So I started on yesterday's show talking about a couple of hopefully future Gamecocks once they sign their national letters of intent in a couple of months. And guys that are going to definitely help this football team sort of elevate their game once again in the 2024 season. On the Tuesday show, if you want to go back and listen to or watch that show, I talked about Mazio Bennett and Dylan Stewart. And to begin today's show, a show where I'll talk about another one of these prospects and dive into the Aggies' defense and offense later in the show, we're going to start by talking about Josiah Thompson, a four- or five-star offensive line commit, depending on where you look, for the 2024 class. Josiah Thompson is a future multi-year starter for South Carolina that is going to help them elevate their play up front, especially when it comes to their ground game. And part of the reason why I think that that is going to be the case is because of Josiah Thompson's biggest strength, which, to put it simply, is his ability to just move on the football field. When people think of offensive linemen in the game of football, you typically think of big hulking guys that are about six foot three or taller, maybe 300 plus pounds, guys that essentially they, they have a lot of weight on their frame. Maybe they can't necessarily move as fast as all the other guys on the football field. That's kind of what a lot of people tend to think about when it comes to offensive linemen, but that is not the case with Josiah Thompson. Thompson currently has a frame listed at six foot six, 275 pounds, according to some of his recruiting profiles. Now, admittedly, especially regarding the 275-pound side of things, that's a bit undersized for an offensive lineman. But at least in the last couple of years, I've not seen many offensive linemen be able to move like Josiah Thompson can. This is a kid that explodes out of his stance once the ball is snapped. He can move his feet and flip his hips like it is nothing, like he is as light as a feather. And that's just something that you, again, just don't see very often from an offensive lineman. It's a big reason why this kid is viewed as one of the best offensive linemen in the country for his class. So, with that bearing in mind, how is he going to help South Carolina's offensive line and specifically their ground game? When it comes to South Carolina's rushing attack under new offensive coordinator Dow Loggins, 
this offense is trying to transition to more of an outside zone run game. We've talked about zone blocking before. It's basically when offensive linemen sort of move horizontally at a 45 degree angle on the football field and they have an zone or an area that they're responsible for any defenders that are in that area that is who they are blocking and the whole point of it is to try to open up some kind of running lane somewhere in the formation where the running back can hit the hole and then immediately just run downhill that is zone blocking in its simplest form outside zone when you want to run a scheme like that you need to have athletic offensive linemen. You need some big boys up front that can move well laterally and downhill, vertically up the field. And Josiah Thompson is a rare kid that can do that. Right now, this offensive line, just to be quite frank, they don't have many offensive linemen like that. The closest that they have to that in my opinion, is actually Marquis Anderson. And unfortunately for the Gamecocks right now, they don't have Marquis Anderson on the football field because he has had a season-ending procedure, I believe, to one of his knees. So they won't get him back until either this next spring practice or this next summer strength and conditioning program. So while he is recovering, you got to find more guys like him. And they've gotten that with Josiah Thompson. So... Where is he going to fit positionally on the offensive line? I think that Josiah Thompson, because of the frame that he possesses and where his strengths lie, I think that he is going to slide in perfectly at the right tackle position for South Carolina. He's six foot six. He's got a pretty decent wingspan when it comes to his arms, so I don't think he's going to have much issue in terms of pass protection on that side of the football. And again, when it comes to outside zone run plays, it doesn't really matter whether or not you run them to the right or left. It's essentially the same sort of assignment for that offensive tackle out there on the edge. So that leads me to my final point regarding our discussion about Josiah Thompson, which is how much playing time can he get? For how much I've talked up Thompson to this point in the show, I right now would say that he's probably going to start this next season as the backup at the right tackle position. I think he'll be a second stringer to be more specific. And some of you might be thinking, well, Andrew, if he is a high level four star and maybe even a five star, depending on where I look, why is it that he might not be starting for this team? Well, we have to keep in mind the position that he's going to be playing at the collegiate level along the offensive line. And a general rule of thumb when it comes to how quickly kids can transition from the high school ranks up to the college level, especially when we're talking about the SEC conference here, is that the closer you are to the football, the tougher it is to really get the finer details and nuances down at the next level. That does not mean that it's easy for just every wide receiver and quarterback and cornerback and whatnot to develop once they get here, but when it comes to especially playing on the offensive line with all the different play calls, all the different communication, verbiage type of phrases that you got to get down, it's not that simple. And so for Josiah Thompson, as talented as I think he is, and as much as I think he is going to be an all-SEC caliber lion for this team in the very near future, that doesn't exactly mean that he's going to just start out with a bang in 2024. So I think that he will start the season as the backup. However, it would not shock me in the slightest if he has a season kind of like 
Oluwatis and Babalade and Trevon Baugh in 2023, where they started as backups at their respective spots, but eventually, for one reason or another, they became starters at their positions. Would not surprise me at all if the same exact scenario plays out with Josiah Thompson in 2024. Point being, this is a very athletic kid. It's a good thing that South Carolina has gotten him. He is going to help change the image of that offensive line overnight, and he is certainly going to help them out when it comes to trying to make this transition to more of an outside zone running scheme in Dow Loggins' offense. Now, South Carolina is getting ready to face a Texas A&M offense that has some similar tendencies to some teams that they've actually already played to this point in the season. What are those tendencies, and what is one trait about Max Johnson that could allow South Carolina to give themselves a chance on this side of the ball in this matchup? We'll touch on all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Now, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones when the unexpected takes place. And that is why Jace Medical offers this thing called the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared in an emergency. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E-Medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into the NFL action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's $200 in bonus bets win or lose. You can bet on a plethora of different sports, whether it is football, maybe it's tennis. The NBA season's getting ready to tip off in just a couple of days for certain franchises. There's a ton of different things that you can go and check out over at FanDuel.com. And that is why now is the best time to join FanDuel because the app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as we mention on every show, I really appreciate each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily watch on YouTube, or your daily listen, wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Now, South Carolina's defense, they have not had a good run in the 2023 season, as we have covered now several times on this show. And the only positive that I've been able to really mention over the past game or so is the fact that now that we are nine weeks into the college football season, South Carolina's defense is starting to face certain teams that use some of the same concepts that previous opponents have also employed 
in their systems. And so that is going to be the case once again when they take on the Aggies on Saturday afternoon. When I went and watched back the Aggies game against the Auburn Tigers, specifically the second half when Max Johnson was the quarterback at that point for Texas A&M, there was a couple things that stood out to me. The first thing that stood out was the fact that the Aggies ran the football early and often on every set of downs or most set of downs to set up a downfield passing game later on in that same drive. In the second half against the Auburn Tigers, the Aggies ran the ball on first down 57% of the time. The other six times they ran either passing play or some version of play action. So usually they're going to try to get themselves in more manageable downs and distances on first and 10, but they are also not afraid to try to sucker in your linebackers and your safeties with some play action concepts as well. And the Gamecocks have definitely had their fair share of opponents that have run some of those play action concepts against them. And that leads me into my second point. The Aggies like to use their tight ends. Texas A&M had at least one tight end in the box 58.6% of the time in the second half against Auburn. These are guys that are sometimes used as blockers in the run game. Sometimes they are also used in some six and seven man protections in the play action passing game. And on other occasions, they will also actually go downfield on certain passing routes. Sometimes they'll be used on some backside wheel routes just when you are not expecting it to actually take place. So for South Carolina's linebackers and safeties, they need to make sure that they keep a close eye on these Aggie tight ends because on certain occasions, they might not have to deal with them as much, but that is just when they might pop you for an explosive passing play behind you because you don't see a certain play action pass coming. So Gamecock's going to have to make sure that they account for those Texas A&M tight ends. The last thing that I noticed when watching this Aggies offense going up against the Auburn Tigers defense is that Max Johnson seems like he is a bit of an indecisive quarterback in the pocket. Now, obviously, when you watch the TV copies back, you don't see what all is going on down the field all the time when it comes to what's happening between the wide receivers or tight ends and these defensive backs. So it is admittedly kind of tough to come to any final conclusions when it comes to a quarterback's ability to progress through their reads and make a quick decision, and the right decision at that. But what I did seem to notice is that Max Johnson, there was plenty of occasions where he was sitting back in the pocket long enough to where it seemed like he was actually starting to go through his reads a second time. And what that might tell me, what I think that that tells me and might tell us when we watch this game on Saturday is that If Max Johnson does not have a wide open passing window for one of his targets where he can just throw the ball and he knows that unless he just really messes up his throwing mechanics on that pass, it's going to be completion, then he's going to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. He's going to stay back in the pocket a little bit longer. And that is what can lead to some pressures and sacks. The Aggies offensive line actually ranks near the bottom of the SEC when it comes to the amount of pressures that they give up to opposing defenses. And coming into this game, or coming into this week, I thought that that was just because, honestly, the offensive line just wasn't doing a good enough job in terms of their one-on-ones. But after watching just the second half of this game against Auburn, 
I'm kind of starting to think that part of the reason that some of those pressures have taken place is because Max Johnson just flat out sometimes takes a little bit longer than he should to make a final decision. And what that leads me to is the Gamecocks defensive front, they've struggled all season long to get consistent pressure on the quarterback. And a lot of these offenses that they have faced, they've got some type of quick passing game that is in their system. In order to try and get the ball out fast, make sure that they can't make an impact, you get the overall picture. But that is not the case with this Aggies offense. I know it's just one half against an SEC team, but in this second half, I only recalled one pass that was either a quick screen or basically Max Johnson catching the football and throwing, say, a slant route. Otherwise, he was taking three-step dropbacks in the pocket and sitting there for at least three seconds looking for someone down the field, beyond the line of scrimmage, five yards or more beyond the line of scrimmage. So this is going to be maybe South Carolina's best chance they've had in a while to possibly get some pressure up front. Jordan Strawn, Alex Boogie Huntley, Taka Hemingway, TJ Sanders, all of you guys up front. You've been waiting for maybe a better opportunity schematically to get after a quarterback. This might be your shot. And Max Johnson, although he is a little bit more athletic than people might expect, he is not exactly known for his scrambling ability. So, if you can get him in just the right situation, then you should be able to wrangle him down for sacks as well. This is a good opportunity for the South Carolina defensive front, and quite frankly, as I'm going to go over in just a couple moments, if the Gamecocks are going to have any chance to win this game, in my opinion, the defense is going to have to have one of their best games all season long. Probably their best. Because for South Carolina's offense, when you talk about the trenches, they're going to be very much outmatched in this football game, and I'll dive into the reason why that's going to be the case in just a couple of moments. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy and keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll find exactly what you're looking for, and with eBay eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you'll get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. South Carolina's offensive line, they've just been through the ringer this season. There's no question about that. They have faced some really good athletic fronts in the North Carolina Tar Heels, obviously from week one, the Georgia Bulldogs back in week three. And the Tennessee Volunteers, especially in Week 5, which probably to this point in this season has been the uh, worst performance that this group has had. And Gamecock fans, I hate to put it this way, but I have to be truthful and honest with all of you. 
I don't think that this matchup bodes well for South Carolina, especially when it comes to the trenches. This has a chance of being a repeat of the Tennessee performance, especially when you consider the fact that with all the interest that this unit has already accumulated throughout this entire season, Rashawn Lee remains questionable this week, and now Tree Babalade and Trevon Baugh are both questionable. Shane Beamer even told me during his Sunday teleconference call with the local media earlier this week that when they went out to practice on Tuesday, which has already taken place at this point, that they weren't going to have a backup offensive line because they don't have enough bodies at this point when going through practice. And when I watched back the Aggies matchup against the Auburn Tigers, I did not see a whole lot of personnel that really stood out to me, at least when it came to the linebacker core and the secondary. But the defensive line was a totally different story. There's a couple of different guys that you fans are going to have to watch out for when this game takes place on Saturday afternoon. Shamar Turner, the first guy that really jumped off of the screen to me. This is a guy that is very explosive. This is a guy that can play both on the interior and also outside of an offensive tackle as well, which you don't see very often, at least with college defensive linemen. And he also gives a thousand percent effort. He's not afraid to go and try and pursue and tackle a guy 15, 20 plus yards down the field. Again, something that you also usually don't see consistently from defensive linemen, especially guys that are probably going to be making millions at some point on Sundays, like Shamar Turner. In my opinion, he is their best all-around defensive lineman, and he's going to be a guy to watch for this South Carolina offensive line. A couple of the guys that stood out to me, Isaiah Rakes and McKinley Jackson. These are two guys that typically line up in the middle over the center. Both of these guys have great fundamentally sound hand movement. And they're also very quick when it comes to their get-off. So Nick Gargiulo been playing center now for a couple of games, and he's had some good moments. He's also had some really rough moments as well. This is going to have to be a game that, where he's going to have to stay on his toes because this nose guard position it is going to probably give this interior some fits based on the injuries that they've had and also some of the personnel movement that has taken place in this group over the past week or two. And the last guy out of this defensive line is Walter Nolan III. This guy was a massive recruiting win for the Aggies. I believe he was a part of that 2022 recruiting class that historically was one of the best in the modern recruiting era. And Walter Nolan was a big reason why. In terms of pure athleticism, he might be the best athlete out of this entire group. But the only thing that I think holds him back right now is I don't think he is consistent with his technique. Not like a Shamar Turner. If he was, he would probably be an All-American caliber defensive lineman right now. But just with his athleticism, he's already an All-SEC type defensive lineman. So, yeah. Long story short, this is a defensive line that has got multiple studs at different spots that South Carolina's offensive line being battered and bruised to this point is going to somehow have to try to find a way to keep at bay for 60 minutes. And I don't really know how that's going to happen. And then when you talk about DJ Durkin's scheme, this is a hybrid nickel 326 defense. DJ Durkin is a guy that loves to use that 326 because it allows him to dial up a lot of unique and creative blitzes. South Carolina saw this a little bit last week against the Missouri Tigers, but DJ Durkin takes it to the next level. He's got a bunch of different alignments and fronts that he will show the offensive line. He will use simulated pressures or blitzes, which is where you seem like you're going to have five or more guys coming, 
but instead you maybe have a linebacker or nickel corner blitz or come off the edge, and then one of the defensive linemen, they end up going back into coverage. That's a simulated pressure or blitz. They like to do that as well. They're going to throw a lot of different things at this offensive line and at Spencer Ryler to try and confuse them, and at the end of the day, to try and basically get a free rusher through that line. And while South Carolina has seen that a couple times already this season, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're going to start playing better against it on Saturday. This is going to be a football game where South Carolina's offense, they're going to probably have to play a very unsexy brand of football. And that means run the football and hope you get that ground game going with Mario Anderson Jr. And at the same time, use a lot of quick hitters to the perimeter. Throw some screens out there. Just get the ball out quick. Get in the hands of guys like Nicholas Harbour, Tyshawn Russell, Xavier Leggett if he's able to go in this game. Get the ball out in your receiver's hands, your tight end's hands, and just let them try to get yards after the catch. That way, maybe you can wear this defense out over the course of a drive, and then you can start to do some more drop-back passes. But this is not a defense where you can easily accomplish that throughout an entire football game. So in terms of challenges that South Carolina has faced this year on the offensive side of the ball, this one just might be the biggest because... Texas A&M's biggest strength potential on this entire football team happens to be going up against South Carolina's biggest weak point right now for multiple reasons on their team. That doesn't bode well, especially when you top it off with the fact that South Carolina is going into College Station to take on Texas A&M. So, what are my overall thoughts on the matchups for both sides of the ball against this Aggies team? I'm going to dive into that in a little bit more detail on tomorrow's crossover show that I'm going to be doing with Locked On Aggies host Andrew Stefaniak. But until then, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. What are y'all's thoughts on Josiah Thompson and what he's going to bring to this Gamecock offensive line in 2024? And also, how do you feel like the Gamecocks matchup against the Aggies offense and defense? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot a direct message on X at a line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But as always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show right here on the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast.